When Jesus gave the Great Commission, he started a global missions movement to bring the gospel to every people group on planet Earth. How's that movement going? Christians have made a lot of progress over these last 2,000 years. There are 7.6 billion people on planet Earth today. The good news is that two-thirds of the world have heard about Jesus and have access to the gospel. The sad news is that still approximately one-third of the world, or about 2.2 billion people, have yet to even hear the name of Jesus. We call these least-reached people. And 60% of these least-reached people who have yet to hear the name of Jesus, well, they live in countries where American missionaries can't even go to and freely share the gospel and plant churches. Welcome to the 360 Serve podcast that exists to tell you the story of the amazing things God is doing around the world through his indigenous church planting pastors. I'm Mark Tyler, president of 360 Serve. 360 Serve is about a new way to do missions where we help you support indigenous church planting pastors who live in these least reached countries. They know their language and culture. They're very effective in reaching their own people for Christ. God is bringing about the greatest turning to Christ, and God is using indigenous church planting pastors to lead the way. Today, we continue our conversation with Pastor B from Bangladesh. Where is Bangladesh on the map? You you probably know. Bangladesh is a South Asian country located on the northeast border of India. But what is Bangladesh like? What are the people like? What are the challenges our church planters face in doing ministry in Bangladesh? What is it like to live in one of the least reached countries in our world? What is it like to live in a country where millions of people live their entire life never even hearing the name of Jesus, not even once, never meeting even one Christian or never even seeing one church? Can you imagine what is that like? That is the topic of today's episode. Well, it's great to be back with Pastor B from Bangladesh. And uh, Pastor B, I can't wait to just jump into this session because we get to talk about your home country, where you grew up your whole life, and really kind of introduce our people also to the culture of Bangladesh. And so, Pastor B, you know, let's jump right into things. What would you say, or what do you say to just introduce Bangladesh to people when, you know, you have the opportunity uh, to do so. Hey, greetings to you from uh, Bangladesh, Pastor Mark. Thank you for inviting me to uh, speak and share about Bangladesh in podcast. Well, uh, Bangladesh is a country by known population. You know, it's uh, 180 million people right now. So everywhere where you will open your eyes, People, people, and people. <laughs> uh, I live in capital called Dhaka. It's a 22 million people is there. It's a huge crowd. Uh, I want to uh, give you a glimpse of Bangladesh, uh, how it's looked like, then you will understand. In Bangladesh, if you will come everywhere, you will hear the horn of the car, like <laughs> horn, heavy horn. And you know why a horn is important? Horn means I love you. I'm saving your life. When any people give the horn, in your country, it means noise, but my country, it's look like, I love you. I'm, I'm saving your life. Hey, go, go, go. Don't come uh, under the car. So it's look like uh, Bangladesh. Uh, Bangladesh is still is uh, very friendly, I would say. Uh, people are loving. Uh, people like, uh, like 
to talk and uh, see each other, that kind of things. But historically, it was uh, with Pakistan, uh, 24 years, and then independent in 1971. But behind there is a story, because in 1948, Bangladesh and Pakistan divided from India because of the religion. Because these two continents, uh, people live in Muslims. So as India knows Hindus nations, so Pakistan and Bangladesh divided from them as a Muslim nations and uh, they came. But in 1971, Bangladesh divided from Pakistan because of the language. Because Pakistan says, well, you have to speak in Urdu. Uh, Bangladesh says, no, we want to speak in Bengali. So they independent on theirs in a civil war. Bangladesh is uh, Islamic democratics, but ongoing uh, political unrest. And there is a clue in our constitution. Still, there is a good things that uh, though this is a Muslim uh, country, but you have a right uh, or you have you can accept any religion. So uh, this is one kind of I don't know what it call in English, but one kind of uh, benefit we are taking uh, that Bangladesh is really uh, sometimes open that you can accept uh, religions. You know, uh, Bangladesh is very famous uh, because of the Royal Bengal Tiger. And um, yes, uh, I grown actually those uh, sections means south part of Bangladesh. My hometown is very close to the Bay of Bangalore and the forest and Sundarbans. Sometimes I saw in my very young age, but nowadays as I'm very busy with the church planting and all those things. So I, I am not much visiting to the Royal Bengal Tigers, but I visited some tiger-like men. <laughs> but in, in times past, you've actually seen one of those Bengal Tigers, huh? True, true. <laughs> wow, that is amazing. You know, uh, Pastor B, I've been with you several times to Bangladesh, and when you were talking about the horn, that just brings back so many memories. So I guess people really loved me when I was there because that horn, our people, it's so, as you're listening right now, to say that Bangladesh is highly populated is like the understatement of the year. It is like the eighth most populated country in the world. It is the most densely populated country in the world. And it, it's amazing. It's smaller than the size of California, but it has half of the population of the United States in California. Imagine that. Uh, and it, that it's an, an amazing amount of people that are in Dhaka and throughout Bangladesh, like you were saying, Pastor B. Oh, man, you talk about a group of people. Incredible. I... Go ahead and continue, Pastor B. I mean, so, you know, with, with those, you know, with, could I just ask you, with, you know, with that overpopulation, what does that lead to? What's it like to live with that many people, Pastor B? What kind of challenges does that bring? Uh, there are a lot of challenges, especially transportations, food, living, uh, you know, sometimes privacy, sometimes education crisis. People don't have much. Uh, education facility, health issues is a huge issues. We don't have enough hospital or medications that you mm. can have. And people are really living in a poor uh, life, even their yeah. daily income less than sometimes uh, $1. Uh, there are uh, many, many wow. crises, how I'll say, uh, drinking so water. I, I mean, yes, like half the population, from what I've read, 
lives on mm-hmm. less than a dollar a day. I mean, that's True. incredible. Mm-hmm. And this is also one of the reasons why, you know, when we support a church planner, it goes so far. And we're going to get into that later. But mm-hmm. you're right. This is a very poor economy, uh, Bangladesh. Also, we have a lot of national uh, natural disasters like flood, mm. sometimes uh, uh, storm, uh, sometimes other crises. It's very hard. Like those type of people really, really lose everything. Uh, winter season, I, I want to tell something here for our re- listeners. You know, in Bangladesh, we don't have survival in the winters. Like if we have uh, 10 degrees, means you're, I think, 25 or 26 Fahrenheit, people mm-hmm. cannot survive because they don't have any cloth. They don't have oh. any blanket. They don't have uh, any living in, a, in their homes. So it's very hard. Even many mm. people, they don't have their own houses. This is another challenge in Bangladesh. Yeah. Wow. Wow. But, and- but, but, but in these situations, Muslim people, they expense a lot of money for their festival. Let's, so we're going to paint a picture of just the spiritual climate, the religions that are existing in Bangladesh. This is highly complex. But we're going to try to break it down. And so 93% of those in Bangladesh are claim to be Muslim. Muslims. Yes. yes. And and just tell us, what. how would you describe Muslims in Bangladesh? And then what are some of their practices? What's it like to interact with them? Um, I know uh, there are many things I have to say. But first things I want to remark here, like everywhere where you will go, you will see a mosque. Uh, they have a high speed sound systems. So uh, five times you will hear the loud voice that they're shouting from the mosque. Uh, I, I can remember one story uh, in my home, like before where I leave uh, the house, my children were very small and there was a mosque nearby and very hardly my children can sleep because the high voice came from the mosque, like Allah and then my children wake up. So it's very hard, you know, I don't know how I explain, but all over the countries, there is a huge Muslim spread uh, all over the countries and they're training peoples, they're um, they're equipping peoples. You will see the dress like white, uh, white cloth and uh, there is a calf on the head and a long beard. Also, you will find, this is very funny, but I want to tell something you can hear. Most of the beard, you will, uh, you will uh, see a color. It's uh, like a pink color, I will say. But uh, they use the henna on their beard. You know why they use the henna on their beard? They believe that Muhammad, he took the henna on their beard. So when you practice these religious things, culture, you will go to get extra blessings when you will be in heaven. So uh, they do that practice too. Yes. Wow. You know, and I saw, th- I've seen that all over. Bangladesh, as well as in India, too, that kind of red dye. Um, and I know the Muslims have many festivals, and you have to tell about the one festival that just is so well known. I know thousands of Muslims, right, pilgrim every year to Dhaka. Tell about that and what that's like for you to experience as a family and what that's just like. Uh, well, I want to tell a little bit to our listeners so they can understand. 
uh, actually muslims they practice two big festival every year this is called idul adha ajaha one is uh, the first for 30 days after that they celebrate this is called also idul ajaha but this is very simple that time they eat sweet they buy that new dresses and all those things but another one is very very significant that is called uh, idul ajaha of sacrifice means uh, they sacrifice million of the cows slaughtered on the street and because of that there is a corruption and all those things why they believe and practice like whole year if you do sin if you do sexual immorality if you do bravery whatever you do but if you cut or sacrifice the cows that blood cleansing their sins so every year that's happened and i i can imagine like now, when I'm talking to you, I'm closing my eyes. And I it's looked like all the street is a flood of the blood. Flood of the blood means like they carted thousands of cows and, uh, and that blood come on the streets. And wherever you will see your eyes, this is blood, blood, blood. And it's looked like a blood flooding all over the countries because they're killing initially or cutting or sacrificing cows goats all the animals on that festivals and this is so noisy and uh, even me and my family we don't able to go outside at least one week because wherever i give my food there is a blood so this is one kind of uh, festival they uh, celebrate every year so you, you can imagine what's going on in my nations okay we have to just describe this a little bit because this is amazing so you've got a picture, Pastor B lives in Dhaka, 22 million people, and you've got millions of Muslims that will come, and all of these families around you, you live in high-rises and outside on the true, streets, true. and outside yeah, on the streets. building. Yeah, and you've got families, right, Pastor B, and they're all sacrificing yeah. a sheep or a cow or a goat or a camel, right, on the right. streets. And the mm-hmm. blood is flowing like a river and the stench and all that. And so, I mean, describe that a little bit. And you you guys don't even leave your home for an entire week because of the smell. And what is that like? It's so noisy. You know, uh, what Pastor Mark uh, mentioned there, this is true. Like every building, like six-floor building, maybe uh, 12 unit, 12 families. So one building, they will sacrifice 12 cows. Even the poor guys, they will save some money and they will buy a small things and they will also uh, sacrifice. So it's, uh, I don't know, it's very hard to explain you, but we really experience those big difficulties uh, every year. And I'm praying there, Lord, help them to understand that already there is a great sacrifice done on the cross. This is Jesus Christ. And this is the backdrop. We're getting into this a little bit, the lostness of Bangladesh. We're going to do an entire episode on this later. But this is an unreached people group big time. Uh, And we're going to talk about that in a second, even a little bit more here. But like you're saying, Pastor B, this is all, uh, you know, taught in the Muslim tradition. Uh, This is done in memory of Abraham's sacrifice, they say, to Ishmael right? As an act of obedience to Allah, you know, some 4,000 years ago, and and they're reliving it, right? And, 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 and somehow they believe that forgiveness of sins is achieved through this. It's, 
it's an incredibly heartbreaking thing that you guys face every single year. True. And uh, not only that, uh, sometimes there is also uh, the problem like whole city was look like you cannot travel because of this festival because, you know, millions of the people, they run out to the villages from the city. So uh, at least one week, there will be traffic jam all over the countries because people, they are going to attend this festival with their family and the relatives. This is another issue. And um, I don't know, but I really pray every day, Lord, please open the eyes and we can see a breakthrough that people understand that. Uh, also, another thing, brother, here I want to uh, mention with you, like um, there is a lot of, uh, a lot of what I say, um, threatening, uh, like uh, sometimes, like why not you observing uh, those kind of celebration or participating, you know? Yeah. We're going we're gonna to do an entire section on persecution, Pastor B, and talk about that, that you and the church planners face. So right now, though, again, we're just kind of introducing our listeners to the culture of Bangladesh, 93% Muslim, and we're just looking at the big, you know, swaths of religious belief systems. 5% are Hindus in Bangladesh, which isn't surprising right next to India, but what? how do you describe the Hindus, you know, different in orientation than the Muslims, but you live among them, you minister to them, you're seeking to reach them. What are they like, uh, Pastor B? Well, in the situation of Bangladesh, now Hindus become minorities. Before the first sentence was little more, but many of them, they left India uh, because uh, Hindus also have some uh, persecutions from the Muslims because Muslims, they try to push them that they can accept religion of Muslims. Like recently, yesterday, if you see the news, there are 100 Hindus uh, families burned by the Muslim people and forcing them that they can accept uh, Muslim religions. But working among with the Hindus, they have different culture and practice. They worship uh, many goddess and many things. Uh, but we are trying to reaching them and many times we succeeded. But among themselves, they also have a spirit of, um, how I say, they are, they are blindly believe and practice um, many things. Uh, but uh, they, are, they are also educated. Some places, they have a good kind of quality and practice. Uh, they wear the uh, red dot on their head. And um, they are they are live different places in a group, 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 like a village, village, village. And uh, every year they do worship uh, a different kind of uh, festival, like called Durga Puja, one of the big uh, festivals when they worship the Durgas. Uh, so those kind of things here in Bangladesh. But uh, right now, uh, like they are going through some inner pressure from the Muslims or even this week, uh, the Prime Minister from India is coming uh, to attend the celebration of our independence. But uh, yesterday, I saw the news that uh, there is a strong Muslim group is protesting that why should a Hindu's uh, Prime Minister should visit in Bangladesh. So you understand that there is a big, uh, uh, big uh, clash among the Muslim and Hindus in Bangladesh. But thank God, those also a uh, opportunity that we can serve the Hindus and 
uh, bringing to the churches and they're responding the gospels. Sometimes they are also not very uh, uh, very supportive to us. Even uh, this one thing I can mention here, you understand like uh, among those big largest uh, non-Christian people, when we are a Christian minority, many people even never saw a Christian, single Christians that who are Christians. Because if you compare 0.3% Christians among uh, other people and divide it, so one Christian need to go million peoples to show, oh, I am a Christian. So those kind of things uh, going on. I, I'm trying to, you know, because I've been to Bangladesh, you feel the spiritual tension when you walk the streets, when you land at the airport. You've got these major religions in in just warfare that's taking place. You've got 1% who are tribal, who are animists, who are worshiping spirits. And we're going to get into that because you're out reaching those with the gospel. We partner with you in those areas. What what are those like, the tribals? Explain that a little bit to our people as we're just getting to know, because this is a big segment. What, what are the animists like? What do they, how do they worship, Pastor B? Well, I just came back uh, from visiting a, a tribal village where we are hoping that 100 plus people are coming to the Lord. Well, uh, they are also very minority and uh, they worship the, still they worship sun, they worship uh, trees, uh, they worship uh, many things and uh, they don't know about the real uh, God. They have a culture and practice. Sometimes they are also polygamy. Uh, they married uh, several times and uh, their children and they're looking also different, their food uh, different. <laughs> I eat yesterday actually those villas uh, with them and um, uh, those kind of people they live mostly uh, not in the city outside of the city uh, some remote places uh, some villages and um, they uh, they have basically farming work uh, they do uh, cultivations and other things so those kind of things actually among the feminist yeah. people and uh, we have a strong ministry actually between themselves. Yeah. Oh, this is so helpful. You know, it really is. And maybe I can try to summarize a little bit of this up here. You know, um, in Bangladesh, or yeah, in Bangladesh, there's a total of 331 different people groups. 299 of those 331 people groups are unreached. Are completely unreached. We're talking about millions of people that have never even heard the name of Jesus. It's hard for us to, you know, comprehend this, Pastor B, in the United States uh-huh. where everyone's heard of Jesus. There's 350,000 Protestant churches in the United States. I mean, uh-huh. you know, at least 60% of people in the United States claim to be Christians, you know. But then you come to Bangladesh where it's 0.3% of the population say there are Christians, and then that would even be less those who are evangelical born-again Christians. And so I guess a good way for you to think about Bangladesh, if you were to line up a thousand people, only three out of a thousand would be Christians. And evangelical maybe one out of a thousand that are Christians. I mean that is just an unreached people and Pastor B, that this is why it's so exciting to partner with you because the gospel's going 
into areas where Jesus came to seek and save the lost and God is using you. And I can't wait to get into that. But it's in the midst of so much lostness that God is using you in your vision and the church planners. And, you know, Pastor B, can you tell us a few stories and then we'll just wrap it up here. Even Melita, your dear wife, I know she shared about times where people meet you and they find out you're Christians and that like, they never met a Christian. And maybe you can tell, you know, a story or two like that of just trying to describe for our people what it's like to live in Bangladesh that's totally unreached. Well, um, first of all, I want to say that still we are thankful to the God that God put us in Bangladesh as a believers. Uh, like yesterday, we traveled uh, 300 miles plus, And all this journey, uh, maybe very few churches I saw in my eyes. And you understand why for that. And uh, when we um, down to the village where is a unreached people group, unengaged people groups, uh, I, was, uh, I was talking to our uh, church planter who worked there. And I says, uh, can you ask them and translate for me that do they ever uh, heard about gospel or about Jesus or anything? <laughs> this is this is first times they saw uh, me as a Christians because the idea of Christian for them is like white people or foreign people. They don't even know that in Bangladesh there is a Christian people is there. So you understand, like one time you mentioned about Milita. Milita was traveling in a, a village and he went uh, to local transportations and people asked, where are you going? He says, I'm going to uh, there in a Christian church or something. He says, are you Christian? I said, yes, why? Why, why is problem? They don't believe even that we are the Christians. They never see a local native Christian. So that kind of things. But we are trying to reaching unengaged and uh, unreached people's groups so we can uh, bring gospels to every people's group. As you mentioned, uh, 299 uh, remain on this people's group and uh, God give us a vision to reaching them. And I believe they will come that we will see it will be zero, uh, like all people's group will come to the Lord. So this is the uh, situation, you know. Well, Pastor Bia, it's impossible for us to describe within and for you to describe, I mean, what a task the culture of Bangladesh in like a half hour. But I hope this has been a a good start and it's moving our people to pray. We thank the Lord for this partnership uh, that God has brought about. I met you in 2015. We'll talk about that at another time. That was an amazing moment. And we've been serving the Lord together all these years, Pastor B. And uh, there are some beautiful church planters we support. At the moment, it's 37 church planters. But God has used you to plant so many churches throughout Bangladesh and the vision to even do more. We're going to get into that as well. But God is doing a great work and we praise his name. And uh, thank you, Pastor B, for just spending the time with us, giving us a picture of the country that I know you love, that God has sent you. And I know this is going to help us pray and anticipate the future sessions where we can get to know what God's doing uh, in Bangladesh, even better. So, one thing I want to mention to our listeners: don't be discouraged about hearing all those things. Bangladesh is a very good country still to visit. Come and help us that we can extend the uh, gospel ministry 
uh, for many souls. Thank you so much. <laughs> Amen. I agree with that. <laughs> All right, Pastor V. Have a good one. Thanks. Thank you, Pastor B, for sharing with us what it's like to live in Bangladesh, the country you love, but a country where also millions of people to your right and left are completely lost, where so few people have even heard the name of Jesus. In the United States, we as Christians, we're used to being the majority religion. 60% of those in the United States claim to be Christians. You line up a thousand people in the United States and 600 will claim to be Christians. Line up a thousand people in Bangladesh and only one will claim to be a Christian. Christianity barely registers on the radar in Bangladesh. How is all this hitting you? It's hard for us to get our minds around tens of millions of people who have never even heard the name of Jesus. Like I said earlier, what would it be like to live your entire life never hearing the name of Jesus once, never meeting even one Christian, or never even seeing one church? For millions of people in Bangladesh, that is their existence. Now, we're going to get to the good news later about what God is doing in Bangladesh because the Lord is doing great things, but that's for future episodes. Here's your action step of the day. You've heard about Bangladesh today in this episode, but you need to see Bangladesh with your own eyes. It's really impossible for Pastor B and myself to describe for you the culture of Bangladesh in 30 minutes. So here's your action step. Watch Deadliest Roads Bangladesh on YouTube. Now, this is not a Christian video, but this video will help you see and understand Bangladesh in 40 minutes that will change your life. This video will help you form an accurate picture of Bangladesh. It will help you in your prayer life. This video will help you understand the challenges Pastor B and our church planters face in doing ministry in Bangladesh. And I believe this video, it's also going to break your heart for the things that break the heart of God. The name of the video again, Deadliest Roads Bangladesh on YouTube. You know, I love what the Bible says about Jesus as he traveled throughout Israel in Matthew chapter 9, verses 36 to 38. It says this, when he, Jesus, saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. I pray that this episode that you're listening to right now, combined with watching the video, Deadliest Roads Bangladesh on YouTube, will be used by the Lord to form in your heart a greater Christ-like compassion for lost people in general, but especially for the lost millions of least-reached people of Bangladesh. Thanks for hanging in there with us today. I realize that this episode, it was probably a little more heavy than most, but God will use this in your life to deepen your understanding of the world condition and to increase your understanding of God's amazing love for the entire world for whom Jesus died and rose again so everyone could have eternal life. Thanks so much for being with us today. Join us next time as Pastor B from Bangladesh shares with us the story of how he personally came to know Jesus as his Savior and Lord. It's a wonderful, uplifting story of God's amazing grace. Until then, may the Lord bless you.